And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the We Are Mead podcast. It was an action-packed weekend at club and county level with a full round of all-county football league club games and the county seniors hurling football and ladies all in action. Uh, we're going to kick off this week's episode with the all-county football league results that we have to hand. So first up is the all-county football league division one. And uh, the first game down in that one was Navin O'Matney's taking on screen. That game was supposed to be played in Paddy O'Brien Park in Navin O'Matney's, but that was switched to screen due to a waterlogged pitch, I believe. And screen came out on top in this one, keeping their 100% record in the league going this year on a scoreline of 114 to Navin O'Matney's 10 points. A good win for screen there. Uh, Simonston took on near neighbours Wolf Tones, and that was on Saturday evening at 6 o'clock in Simonston. Simonston prevailed here on a scoreline of 3 goals and 11 to Wolf Tones 2 points. Uh, quite a uh, resounding win there for Mead although I do believe that um, uh, the scoreline maybe flattered Simonstown a bit uh, Wolf Tones kicking a lot of wides in that game but uh, it is two points on the board for Simonstown next up was uh, that we have down at Dunshockland and the Fiend that was called off and that's going to be rescheduled for during the week I believe Summerhill were taking on uh, Gail Columkill of Kells um, Gail Columkill coming out on top here on a scoreline of 2-8 to 8 points Summerhill did have an early lead in that game but Gail Columkill to their credit came back and won that by six points. Minalvi uh, beating St. Column Kills by 3-12 to St. Column Kills, one goal and eight. Rathout and St. Pat's, this was 1-6 to Rathout, 1-10 to St. Pat's. Really good win there for St. Pat's in that game. And the last one was St. Peter's Dunboyne against Dunamore Ashburn. I don't have the score to hand, but I do know that Dunamore Ashburn won this game in the end so a good win there for Dunmore Ashburn against Dunboyne. The All-County Football League Division 2, Sidden were taking on Oldcastle and this one ended up in a draw, a huge scoring game Sidden 1 goal in 18, Oldcastle 3 goals in 12 uh, the next game saw St Michael's taking on uh, Nobber and Nobber won this quite convincingly, 3 goals in 10 to St Michael's, 7 points, Waterstown took on Ballinabracchi and it was Ballinabracchi who came out on top, 1 goal in 8 to Waterstown, seven points. Castletown and Dulik, that was uh, called off and it will be played next Tuesday evening um, uh, or last Tuesday evening, depending on when you listen to the podcast. Uh, Dundery were taking on Curraha. We didn't get a score in on that one. Centristown drew with Blackhall Gales, 12 points apiece. And Radkenny 
uh, took on Trim in Ratkenny and Trim came away with the win there by a point, 11 points to 10. The All-County Football League Division 3, St Vincent's won 6, Clonagale 3 points, Ballinlock 7 points, Becht of 8, Meath Hill 4-16, St Ultons 2-17. So um, a huge scoring game there between Meath Hill and St Ultons, but it was Meath Hill who came out on the right side of the score. No score in from Dunsany and Karen Ross or Kilmain and Mud and Longwood. And the last one there is Drumbarra, one goal and nine, Courtown, one goal and 11. So a good win there for Courtown. I believe they were trailing by five points in that game and came back to win it by the two points in the end. The only result we have in from the All-County Football League Division 4 is St Mary's, 11 points. Drumcondra, one goal and 11. So that game was played in Dunor. So that's the only score we have in from that game. I suppose next up was the Allianz Hurling League Division 2. And that was uh, round two between Mead and uh, London. This game was played on Saturday in Ryslip. And Mead prevailing here, coming out with a... a, a Fairly strong win. It was one goal and 24 to Mead. One goal and 12 to London. Sean Quigley with the goal there for Mead. And Jack Regan with 11 points. Eight of them coming from freeze. That was played at 1pm on Saturday. Um, and uh, a really good win there for Mead. Keeping up their 100% their record in Division 2. Next up for them is a trip to West Mead. Oh, sorry, it's a uh, it's against West Mead. That game is going to be played in the 17th of February. It's two weeks away. They get a bit of a break next week. And that's going to be a 2 p.m. in Trim on the Saturday so anybody who's about get down to Trim and give uh, Mead your support that that will be one of their tougher tests in Division 2 against West Mead. Also the ladies were out on Saturday afternoon that was at 2 p.m. in Dungani and this was in the Little National Football League Division 3 round 2 as well and Mead uh, fairly convincing winners in this one seven goals and 14 points to Longford's one point um, Vicky Wall with three goals, Avian Cleary with two goals, Neve Golligley and Laura Dempsey with a goal each um, in that game. A fairly, fairly fat guy win there for, for Mead. Um, you know, they're probably, you know, they have to be looking at a promotion out of that division. Mead much stronger than most of the teams in that division and shown it so far in their opening two results. Next up is a trip to Roscommon for the Mead ladies and that is next weekend. That game in Dr Hyde Park. So best of luck to the ladies um, uh, in their game against Roscommon next week in Division 3. Okay, next up was the visit of Clare's senior footballers to Park Tolchin, and that was this afternoon. Um, Clare, who had forfeited, a, I think it was a six-point lead to Cavan last week, and Mead, who had turned a five-point deficit into a four-point lead against Roscommon the day after, both ended up taking a point from their respective games. So it was all to play for in Navan today. Both sides were wasteful in the first half and uh, more so Mead, who didn't take advantage of the goal chances that they created. Um, it was point for point until the stroke of half time when Brian McMahon put two points between the sides for the first time. Mead really did dominate that first half, uh, defended really well, turned over a lot of ball, um, transition, transitioned into um, attack very, very very well just weren't able to find their their shooting boots in in that uh, first half but uh, Claire got the opening 
score of the second half within 20 seconds of the restart through midfielder Gary Brennan who really did look like a live wire for them he was probably their best uh, player on the day but 7 points in a 10 minute spell from Mead put the result beyond Clare uh, who only managed 2 points in that second half to Mead's 15 points second half haul um, you know really Mead put them to the sword in that second half it's great to see um, the, the attacking uh, prowess of the forwards in the second half really driving at the clear defence you know it's sometimes in the in the first half we, we probably lacked that we drove at them but the, 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 the shooting was coming from the, the, the wrong players we need to get the ball to the shooters but a really good second half uh, performance by Mead and after the game, I caught up with Andy McIntyre, who was happy with the second half performance, and he explained to us how he missed a chance to see Clare and Cavan playing in Ennis in round one of the National Football League last week. Classic Andy. No, I think I think we we think we did a lot of things right in the first half. We were and we were just maybe an extra pass away or a final touch away from, from it clicking uh, we had a couple of goal chances and we had seven balls that dropped into the goalkeeper's hands you get you get 50% of those and the scoreline has a different look to it at half time yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was probably the thing that was most notable is that defensively really really good turning over the ball playing the ball into the forward line really really well lovely intricate passing but then the final pass or the final score and shot just wasn't there in the first half yeah, I mean, and, and I think the fellas needed to needed to realise they were playing with one or two extra defenders. So I mean, trying to run down the middle and uh, down their throats just wasn't going to happen. So we just needed to be a little bit more patient, uh, pick the right moment, pick the right fella taking the shot. I mean, there was a couple of guys out there taking shots that I wouldn't like to be putting my mortgage on, uh, <laughs> uh, one son included. But you know, there's there's a couple that drop short and. That's disappointing. Uh, I'd much, I think everybody would much prefer to see the ball go dead if you chance to reset. But balls dropping short is, is, can be frustrating. It can indeed. What, what did you say to them at halftime? Because they come out uh, like a, a, a new team, like a, a team possessed. Um, okay, and Gary Brennan getting the first score the second half in 30 seconds. But it was all made from then on. And th- there was none of these balls dropping short. And every ball was being killed. And most of them were going over the bar as well. I didn't have to say an awful lot, really. Now, today, the truth—it was nothing. It was nothing inspirational that I said. The truth of the matter is, they just—we needed to relax a little bit. Uh, maybe it might need an extra pass. It might need somebody just changing direction of the play. It was just a matter of picking our moments, being a little bit patient, and putting the ball dead. And and as I say, there was a bit of a breeze there. And uh, as as it turned out in the second half, there was a couple of shots that. Maybe they weren't perfectly hit, but they still managed to go over the bar. So uh, that'll show you that maybe maybe the strength of the breeze. Yeah, it did indeed. And I suppose looking at the game as well, I've said this to you in the last couple of interviews as well that your subs bench is making a huge impression when they come on, um, and it really is something that is really valuable to you at the moment. Having these lads to come on, Eamon Wallace, um, I suppose um, Sean Tobin, um, Dan O'Neill as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and they're really, really your your subs bench is really you know helping you out. I suppose is the word. Sure. Yeah. Look at. I mean, that's. I mean, we have we have 39 fellas on the panel. Uh, we've had a few injuries, but it's starting to look really healthy now again. And it it you know having competition like that and having fellas come on and perform keeps everybody on their toes. And if you want to be playing on the team, you got to perform. And 
it is it is great that, to know that you know fellas can can empty the tank and we can bring in somebody else and he's he's not weakening the team and and that's the way it's turned out for the last number of games so uh, I'm I'm delighted with that. And it's great strength and depth, and, and not only that, but you can, it can give you a new dimension to your play when they come into the field. Yeah, I mean, adds that little bit of extra pace or that little bit of extra power or something. You know, and if you you kind of recognise something that maybe we're missing out on, and you can introduce somebody who can who can bring that into the game, well, then it's 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 a huge boost for everybody. Joey Wallace had to go off. Um, he was replaced by him. Was that an injury or was that tactical? No, he t- he took a heavy knock to his shoulder, which is a kind of a recurring type of uh, injury that he's having. So he, he wasn't in a position where he could tackle. So uh, there's no point in having him out there if he can't tackle. Absolutely, yeah. and you've got a great you've got a great uh, player to come in instead of him as brother Raymond. Not bad bringing in the big brother, and I'm not sure who's faster or who's slower. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Eamon comes in and, and he contributed well. So he, he worked well too. So uh, that's that's the way that's the way it is, and and, and, it's, and it's a healthy situation to be in. Looking at the results from the weekend, Cavan picking up a win uh, last night against Loud, and then today Roscommon turning over um, Tipperary and Thurless. It's it's really that win was a, a vital win for me today. Oh, look at every win is a vital win. I mean, you know, everybody's sitting on what either two or three points at this stage. So uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, there's nothing new about that. You know, it's going to come to a point here or there, or, or even score difference here or there. So. Uh, every game is, is vitally important. I suppose looking forward to next weekend. You travel down to uh, Cavan to play uh, Cavan and Kingsman Breffney Saturday night. Both teams on three points. Um, you know, how do you prepare for that game? Oh, I mean, you dust yourself down. You look at you look at today's game and see areas that we can improve on, and uh, and you get ready for a hell of a battle down in Breffney, which I'm sure it will. You know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Saturday night games are are you know exciting. I think I. I think and I hope we get a good Mead crowd travelling down there. I've I've no doubt that we'll uh, we'll have a good Cavan crowd. So uh, it it it'll be it'll be a good contest. Have you got to see them at all this year? Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> funny story. I went down to I went down to see them play uh, against Clare, but I got my timing wrong. I didn't realise the game was at two o'clock, so I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I take it you were late, not early. I was late. I was late. <laughs> I was late and in the wrong place. So, I mean, apart from that, I have a nurse was fine. <laughs> well, you will look, it's going, to be, it's going to be a huge game, I suppose, in, in, in the shaping of Division 2. Um, uh, Cavan with 13 debutants in the first week. Seem to be getting a couple of players back now, so they're going to probably be close to full strength for me next week. Sure. I mean, look, at, uh, I'm expecting a hell of a battle, and uh, as I say, both teams have got off to, I suppose, a reasonable start, three points out of four. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a real test, and uh, that's what we're doing. It that's why we're here. So I mean, let's let's bring it on. And just to let you know, that game is at seven o'clock next Saturday, Kingsbury Breffney. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'll try and get there if I can. So that was Andy McIntyre um, there. Uh, as I said, you know, uh, we we found out why he mi- missed the game, but missed his chance to watch Mead and 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 Clare last week but he did get to see the Cliffs of Moher so that's that's a positive for himself um, look he's he's looking to keep his unbeaten record for 2018 going next week with a trip to Cavan um, Cavan who dismantled Loud uh, last night in Kingsman Breffney Park beating them by 317 to 13 points and Cavan um, although they struggled earlier in, in this year they are starting to get players back and that will be a tough test for Mead next week going down to Kingsman Breffney um, on Saturday night 
both teams on three points so a win for either team there really puts them in pole position um, going into the final few games of the National Football League so uh, we wish Andy McEntee and the Mead lads all the best in that game of course I'll be down there and um, I suppose we'll be we'll be doing commentary on that game next week in Kingspan Breffney Park and uh, it'll be divided loyalties for myself having played for Cavan and having played for Mead and obviously being a Simonstown man at heart it'll be uh, an interesting game um, I do think that Mead have the strength in depth on their panel to uh, get the win down in Kingsman Breffney next weekend and um, hopefully push on and see themselves in pole position for promotion at the end of the National Football League so the 2018 Phil Nanog takes place this year in, uh, in Mead in June sorry uh, of this year um, and Mead and are going to be joint hosts with Loud and Down and I had a chance to speak with a Mead legend Graeme Garvey about his memories of playing in the competition back in the day. We're here with Graeme Garrity, ex-Mead uh, captain and, of course, our All-Ireland winner. And, uh, Graeme, I suppose, looking forward to June, we're going to have uh, the Phelan and Og being played between Mead, Loud and Down. And uh, every footballer has to start somewhere. And, uh, you know, you can't just go to being an All-Ireland captain or an All-Ireland winner um, overnight. You, you, you would have played a lot of football at underage and you went to the Phelan with uh, your own club. And can you take us through some of the memories of playing for your own club in the Phelan? I suppose the first initial memory was being told that we were, you know, representing me. It was fantastic. Uh, we played down in Offaly uh, in Tullamore, and I think, you know, the biggest memory I would take out of that would be, you know, obviously playing out outside your county for once, which we've never done before, and you know, representing me and playing against teams from all over the all over the country. So it was fantastic to to do that, and and we done quite well. I think we got to the semi final at that stage, and. Uh, you know, it was a fabulous weekend and really everybody enjoyed it and kind of brought the community together as well. And what stars were on that team with you back then? You know, these would have been the guys you went to school with and that you grew up with and are you still friends with them, I suppose, still now today? Yeah, you keep in touch with them all. I suppose I live the other side of the county now, so it's that bit uh, more difficult. Um, I think David Dillon was playing midfield with me. Um, you probably wouldn't recognise a lot of these lads now at the minute because all their hair is gone. But <laughs> You're doing well on that well, front. Just, yeah, just about... <laughs> <laughs> Jerry McDonald, Tony McDonald, Kevin Clark, you know, Stephen Dillon, um, you know, fantastic young players, JJ Farrell, um, you know, Declan Barry would have, I think he came from Warsaw to play with us underage. So it was, you know, it was fant- Raymond Butler, I think he went to America then, you know, a few years after that. So, you know, we we had a great team that time and, you know, we would have kind of kept together up till nearly senior level. Most of those players went on to play on the 21 and won a championship here in Mead as well. And then a lot of them would have played senior for Mead as well. So it was, you know, it was fantastic to represent your you know, your club at a national level competition. And, you know, especially what's good for me this year is uh, my own son will be playing in, in the competition. And it's, I think it's fantastic for him to experience that. And, and uh, my daughter would have played last year as well in, in, in the Camogie. I think he played Hurling as well last year. So it's it's a fabulous competition. And it's, you'll have those memories, you know, cherished forever. And it's something probably that I'll always remember. Um, I think the, the lady that kept us uh, up for the weekend down there, uh, she was a cousin of Jack O'Shea at the time, which would have been probably one of my all-time heroes. And I think that kind of just summed up the weekend for me. Whether we won at or not, it was it was to have that kind of affiliation with 
Chris, one of the great Kerry players as well. And I suppose like that's the thing about the GAA, it's about community um, and you like you didn't know who you were going to be staying with, but no. it turned out to be, you know, one of your idols, cousins and stuff like that. And it yeah. just shows you how, you know, how the GAA works, I suppose, around the country. Oh, it's fantastic. And I suppose I think my own club uh, at the minute, they're hosting uh, teams as well. So it brings, like, you're going to make friends from, from different parts of the country and those will always, you know, stay friends forever. Um, I know my own daughter uh, made friends kind of from up in Armagh and they still keep in touch through the camogie and that. But, uh, and the same thing will happen with the football as well. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for for, for me to host it and, uh, you know, hopefully the teams involved will go well and we can get a winner out <laughs> And so I was looking at your own two kids. You said that the daughter was involved last year, and the yeah. son is involved this year, and that's a very proud moment for you. And whatever, are we looking at maybe a couple of mead captains in years to come? Well, you never know. Like uh, they're holding their own at the minute. They're, you know, they're they're both very good players. So uh, you know, hopefully, the young fella started playing with the Pats this year. I think getting onto the team was that was his ambition. You know, because the they would have you know a good tradition there so he was delighted with that and, and uh, you know so that they have I suppose ambitions of playing for for me my daughter would have played uh, under 14 with uh, camogie and and football so uh, you know the mother was very good so I think we'll we put it down to her genes <laughs> <laughs> yeah they got the football and the, the skills from the mother side yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Graham Garrity there and uh, who knows maybe we could see an All-Ireland winning captain coming from the Garrity household again in the not too distant future. His son obviously going to be playing in this year's Fela competition and uh, his daughter having played in the Camogie and football competitions last year and uh, great to hear Graham Garrity just giving his his memories on uh, what is a wonderful competition it has to be said that's held in Ireland. That's it for this week, folks. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and remember, we are me. Why? It matters more.